so today Avery interrupted um, Tillich on a conference call for <laughs> work for the first time, did which you, was great. Did you hear what he said? No. I pooped. <laughs> 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 yeah. March 19th. 9.43 p.m. Okay, you have the numbers. Right. Starting with the numbers, we have 772 cases in Canada, 257 cases in Ontario, and 128 cases in Toronto. What we were talking about earlier today is these numbers are all questionable because of variable testing rates and problems with getting test results back in time. The numbers that will start to become more solid on this are the death rates. So maybe we should cover those two. Ten deaths in Canada, two in Ontario, now zero in Toronto. And, the re and one in Alberta and the rest in BC, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That might be true. That sounds about right. Okay. That's the state of affairs. So I wanted to talk again about growth of cases mm -hmm. because I spend a lot of time on Twitter and I see people talking about this in very incorrect ways. Mm -hmm. Somebody today thought that exponential growth meant that things were growing at 33% every day and they were very excited that we were only growing at 25% every day because that meant it wasn't exponential growth. And I was just like, no, 25% a day is still really big <laughs> growth. But it's slower. Exp I it's mean, it slower, but it's yeah. still the point of, listen, I'm not going to pretend that I remembered <laughs> the definition of exponential growth from high school, but I did look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. And the definition is that the growth depends on the size of your, in this case, cases. So as the cases grow, yeah. your growth grows, yeah. right? 25, so it grows as a percent of. Yeah. So as long as you just keep growing at the same percent, you're just going to double. You can double fast, you can double slow. Yeah. But it's still going to just have that same curve because it's just the amount you add on every day gets bigger and bigger in absolute numbers. Well, I think, okay, if you had 33%, let's say you had, if you had a graph and uh, the first day it changed by 50%, the next day it changed by 40%, the next day it changed by 30%, next day 20% and so on, you would, you still have an exponential growth, but it wouldn't like if you plotted that on a log graph i don't think it would be a straight line what 33 percent growth no if mm, the example i'm saying is if the first day if it grows by 50 percent second day right. it grows by 40 percent next day it grows by 30 percent next day it grows by 20 percent. right 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 no no, no, no i'm saying a constant percent if it, it so that's what an exponential is it yes. has to be a constant percent if you put that on a log graph you'll see a straight line yes but if you if the exponent is changing then it's not it's not i don't like i think it's a tech it's a technicality it's a very small difference but it's no but they're saying 33 percent growth is what exponential growth is oh i see they're defining it by and the so if you have oh, lower than 33 then it's not exponential right i see 
Anyways, I apologize for that conversation to anyone who is still listening. Um, that I mean, wasn't actually my point. What I wanted to say is that the high, the high number of cases, the cases are going to keep increasing quickly for what is going to feel like a very long time because each day feels like a year, I think, in this crisis. And we're going to have to wait about two weeks to see the effects of social distancing. Social distancing in Ontario roughly started around March 14th, and it's March 19th, so we have not even gone a week. We're still going to have at least another week to go before those numbers start to show up in our actual cases Mm -hmm. reported. Um. And until then, we can just cross our fingers and hope it works and hope that other people out there who don't understand that there's that lag time mm-hmm. stay committed to social distancing. That's what I most worry about is mm-hmm. that people are going to see the numbers continue to spike and think that, oh, social distancing isn't working. Yeah. What's the point? But it hopefully will work it's the it's the only it's the only thing that can work so it must work um it worked in china and that's the only place that it has worked so far and italy is about to come up on their two weeks um for cases and so far they had had i forget how many doublings i predicted Mm. But they reached that those 30,000 cases by March 17th that I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And so now, hopefully, any day now, we'll start seeing their cases leveling off. And the, a few days or a week later, their hospital cases leveling off. I hope. I hope we see that because that means that the Western version of social distancing is good enough. Mm-hmm. I think in China... They took very extreme measures um, that I'm not sure that Western countries can take. And so I hope that the measures that we can do here are enough to get those numbers down. Mm-hmm. And we'll know soon ish. I mean, with each day lasting a year, I guess it will be several years before we know, but. Mm-hmm. The uh, one of the things I wanted to talk. Oh, there was a yeah. I want to talk about an article in the CBC talking about uh, Harvard. Sorry, Stanford epi- epidemiologist John Ionidis apparently a really well-known guy. He is arguing that we're going too far with the societal impacts of social distancing. And it's um, the... Who is this guy? I don't know. Well, okay, so here's here's the title. is Prominent Scientist Dares to Ask, Has COVID-19 Response Gone Too Far? And then, so one epidemiologist published this guy john ionidas basically said it's too drastic it's a fiasco in the making the costs 
of this social distancing thing are greater than than the benefit potentially and it's not evidence-based the mm. guy the and then i guess someone one of his colleagues a harvard epidemiologist mark lipschitz wrote a game a, a piece the next day um to basically take the other side which is that you don't always need evidence you won't always have evidence in real life in real life situations scenarios you won't always have uh, you you can't rely on perfect evidence to mm -hmm. to act on it and uh there's a quote here uh, i don't know i'm not gonna find the quote <laughs> suffice it to say that there's enough to act on is kind of Try not to be perfect, be fast. Yeah. Um, but it's something that, that I think in in my work at in in we look at the issues like back injuries in healthcare workers and what types of movements lead to back injuries. And there's actually a similar movement happening in that field with a group of researchers saying, hold on, the type of training we're giving to healthcare workers where we're asking people not to flex their spines to keep their back straight is not evidence-based. And it's, it's the, the whole point is, it's, it's this argument just feels like so, it misses the point of how you use evidence and how you should use science to move forward with what you do know. You have to make decisions and you have to move forward. Mm -hmm. And the lack of evidence doesn't mean that you shouldn't necessarily do something. When you don't have evidence, then you have to drop back to theory. You have to say, this is what our theories predict should happen. And I feel that that's, uh, it's fascinating that there's some people that don't see it that way. Like the lens, it just showed me, you know, the lens, an epidemiologist lens or whatever lens this Yanidis guy is looking through is very different than a public health lens mm -hmm. that like that we're looking, that or I'm looking through. Or a physician lens. Or a physician that's seeing people like mm -hmm. hospitals overrun, that that's not an obvious thing that you have to do something about. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's alarming. Okay, is that I'm that? Done. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I didn't read that. I would have got really mad at that article. <laughs> we should read um, the pieces, actually, that they wrote. This is a commentary on them, but maybe we should look at that. Yes, I have so many papers to read. Anyways, Yeah. Um, other things happening tonight. I have a few quick bullet points. One is that a lot of distilleries in Canada have started making hand sanitizer. Yeah, right. Somebody figured out they have like almost all the ingredients to do it. And so they've just been doing it. And yeah. it's awesome. It's such a good news story in all of this. Yeah. Um, Canada and the U.S. are closing their border to non-essential traffic on Friday night, which is tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, yeah. And f so funny this morning. I was laughing so hard. Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show mm -hmm. is doing a home edition mm -hmm. on YouTube where it's just like him and his family doing it. Mm -hmm. And his wife is behind the camera. His daughters are kind of jumping in and out of the frame. His six-year-old does like the graphics for the show. <laughs> 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 and... <laughs> 
it's just so good and it um and on his second episode he interviewed lynn manuel miranda mm-hmm. via zoom yeah and they chatted and it's just so funny and one thing I'm noticing with everybody working from home is that you get to see inside people's houses, mm-hmm. like all the time. People are. And you're doing saying Fallon has a slide in their house. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon has a slide in his house. That's awesome. And it's very fun, and I also like it because, um, probably a lot of people who are listening to this may also know that we have a blog where we, um, talk about our son. Kaden, who's medically fragile and kind of our life with him and then we show a lot of pictures of him and a lot of pictures of our house and i always feel like a bit exposed mm-hmm. when everybody i'm always like tell you can't post that shot it's too wide angle <laughs> <laughs> but now i'm getting to see into lots of other people's houses too and it's really fun uh-huh. so now it's okay if we film so stuff and post videos no no okay those were kind of good news things oh yeah and then also avery so today avery interrupted um tillich on a conference call (laughs) for work (laughs) for the first time which was great did you hear what he said no i pooped (laughs) 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 yeah it was i don't know if they i should ask i should have asked if the people on the call heard it yeah because he did he went to the washroom and mm-hmm. then he didn't come back mm-hmm. and then i was like uh oh <laughs> <laughs> so i went to find him but then everyone on the call had a nice chat with him he didn't say much no he, he just sort of stared at the cameras that's hilarious. but i feel like that's he, just he how life is now kids are con kids and cats are constantly yeah. interrupting work now yeah um and also we talked yesterday about maybe trying to take avery to the park at a less busy time yeah so he's not around so many kids. So we did that this morning for the first time. And he, I didn't go till it took him, but apparently he just sat on a bench and w- refused to play on any park equipment because he said this wasn't the right time to be at the park. Yeah. So that uh, went over well. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And uh, he did find a nice stick that he carried around. Well, there you go. I think he, his stick made it worthwhile for him. Okay, <laughs> so then the last thing about Avery is that um, his teachers are sending pictures of themselves and what they're doing while they're at home. So like cooking or playing card games or painting pictures with their kids. And it's so cute. And Avery gets so excited when his teachers send him an email. And then he gets so excited to like take a picture of what he's doing and send it back. And mm-hmm. I think that's just really neat what they're doing. Mm-hmm to try and still stay connected to their students. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. The other thing I'd heard today was with test results, getting test results, the lag, we talked about that yesterday, and it was, I think we said four days. It's apparently worse as of today. It's now five to seven days waiting for test results <coughs> to come back. So just to... Which is going to further increase the time it takes for us to see the effects of social distancing mm-hmm. in our numbers. So keep that in mind. I think they are. I think that part of the problem is that they are prioritizing. So through this is something I learned through UHN. They said they 
are requiring so like if there's a healthcare worker who tests positive they before they can come back to work they have to have two negative tests test results Mm -hmm. so it's like and they're prioritizing those people right because they want to make sure they keep healthcare workers get those people back to work as soon as possible so i think some of the lag is because it's not actually happening in order it's like the people like some people are getting pushed to the front of the line constantly Mm -hmm. so the average time I don't know if that has an effect on the average time overall, actually. But anyways, there's the the need for two tests like that. Yeah. I feel like that. They is were talking a, about maybe changing that definition, but yeah. Anyways, but that will. So I think that th- this probably is going to get worse before it gets better. Still, it sounds like so it's it's the death numbers will unfortunately start to creep up, but they will be the better probably the better metric in terms of what's what's actually happening okay um found a new site for data today Mm. that a friend from high school posted on facebook covid19 tracker it's covid19.nguy.dev sorry um and it has the most up-to-date data that i've seen like it the numbers go are changing very quickly and it has the numbers you can click on the country and see the provinces and state numbers Uh, yeah for all all the different countries which is great because a lot of the global sites that i was seeing didn't have that you could only see by country well post it in the doobly-doo uh, people don't know what that word means to look. I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, the other thing, I I have not really been keeping up with what's happening in the States because what's happening in the States is approximately 50 different things because there's 50 different states with 50 different... Rea- rea- it's just too... I just don't know what's happening there, but... I did hear today that both Los Angeles and the Bay Area are shelter in place right now, which is like Italy level style of quarantine as far as I understand. Right. It's like you're not supposed to leave your house. Wow. Except to get groceries. Okay. And pharmacy. So that's one step more than what we're even what we're doing. Yeah. Like there. That's kind yeah. of Yeah. Okay. Um Okay. So I didn't know that California was that That's something. far along. Yeah, that is something. Uh-huh. Not a good something. Yeah. What else is on our list? Oh, yeah. Another, another not great milestone passed today where Italy's deaths surpassed those that happened in China, um, even though they have fewer cases. Because um, the Italy's death rate seems to be higher than China's, and the most oft-cited explanation for that is um, that Italy's population is older, yeah. and um, the rate of death is much higher hmm. in those over sixty. S- and they're one doubling away, approximately. These are rounded numbers from my memory. Yeah. One doubling away from reaching China's numbers. So Italy has about 40,000 cases right now, and China had about 80,000 cases. 
So doubling time for Italy, I think, is five days. So they'll, if they're still doubling, yeah, they should reach China, China's numbers in five days. But they might not because those five, the next five days are when their social distancing should be kicking in. Right. So they might not reach eighty thousand in five days, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, very close to having a repeat of China. Oh, right. And a tweet I just saw. Jane Philpot, former federal minister of health and hero to many. <laughs> um, she is a hero. Has returned to the front lines. Yeah. So she was something at Queen's. She took a position at Queen's, but I'm sure Queen's is shut down now. Yeah. So she went back to her old hospital. Yeah. And she is working at a COVID assessment center yeah. right now. So that is, that's amazing of her. Yeah. It's good that she's involved for sure. Yeah. I'd rather have her in a position of leadership, but hmm. she's leading on the front lines, I guess. Mm -hmm. Where's my list? We could talk about how we're feeling. How are you feeling? Oh, today? yeah. Um, good. I think, I think everything where we are right now, um, the bad stuff is still seems far away. Mm -hmm. That could be me being delusional I'm gonna I'll accept that mm -hmm. but it just it feels it feels like that to me that we're we're not we're not in the eye of the storm yet or like maybe the analogy is like if you're in Florida and you're watching the hurricane tracker and it could still miss you <laughs> like I don't know although all the news from the epidemiologists seems to say that no this is not going to miss us but no no i think it's coming it's just going to get worse before it gets better it's but how much worse that's yeah that's the big 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 is question is it going to overwhelm the hospitals or are we going to be yeah. stay within capacity of the hospitals yeah that's the big question yeah. and that's the hospital question like for those of us who aren't on the front lines in healthcare, then like our main job is to just stay home, mm -hmm. which we can do. We're so good at that in this <laughs> house. Like I feel like we have been practicing for this for years. We are so well trained. We are so well trained. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, if anybody, maybe we should do tips on <laughs> how to not go anywhere. Yeah. Basically, the main tip is you just get used to it, guys. First, it feels like a really big deal, and then it slowly seems like less of a big deal. Yeah. So don't worry about it. This too shall pass. Yeah, go watch um, OK Go's video uh, of this yeah. too shall pass. Yes. That's and remember that. Yeah.
I think I'm feeling a little more pessimistic today. Yeah. Based on the lack, the the testing falling further behind. I wish that yeah, I wish that we'd seen over three days. I wish we'd seen at least a trend towards them getting their act together in that sense. But I don't know, even if they had the testing, I mean, what more could they do here? I guess, I guess the sooner you know that someone has it, you then can round up yeah, all their contacts. that's exactly it. You, that you track the cases. We're delaying. Yeah. There's potentially large numbers of people now yeah. that are wandering around giving it to people. But that's precisely why we have this really big social distancing in place. Yeah, to begin with. Yeah, because, so I mean, because we don't have the testing, right? But, yeah, so but the, so does it have an impact at the end of the day? That's the question, right? Is it going to have... It oh, yeah, it will. I think it has to have an impact. Yeah. Because if you had more information, you could do more things. You could tell people. But, and if you could test more widely, you could test people with fewer symptoms who might just assume they have a cold. Yeah. Like if you, I think at this point, if you have a fever and a headache and you're short of breath, then test or no test, you're going to assume Yeah, yeah. that you have COVID-19 and hopefully tell people that you were in contact with. Like I'm sure anyone that's getting the test is being told that you should assume you have it until you're told that you have a negative test. Right, I, I would assume that's how. Yeah, but like to it act doesn't as matter what people are told; it matters what people believe. Yes, that's true. And as we've talked about before, people like to default to normal, uh, so people will default to "I probably don't have it." Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I have, I have been getting a bit more pessimistic too, reading the epidemiology papers. One just came out of U of T and the other out of Imperial College of London and they really say that the world is in for a long ride on this. Right. The U of T one, I think I heard about the U of T one. I guess both of them are basically saying this is yeah. to in order for social distancing to be effective, it's gonna have to go on. Until there's a vaccine. Is that what is that the basically, conclusion? Basically. Yeah. Wow. But I just don't I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't, I don't understand how, what models you have that can just say that. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens in China. They had no new cases today. Was but that today or yesterday? Yeah. How did we not mention that? Right. So no new cases. That's amazing. It so is. what's going to happen once they start relaxing things? What are, happens? Are like, they back to work? I feel like they were supposed to have been back to work. Like, like I think days it's ago. different in different areas. You mean in Wuhan? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that is the big question. Once it, things start going back to normal, what's going to happen? So that's the question. So I have no idea how these models predict that. Mm -hmm. I would like to know. Mm -hmm. Anybody an epidemiologist? Drop me a line. <laughs> hmm. So basically, I guess what I'm saying is because I don't understand it, I'm not going to believe it. 
I'm kidding. Listen to experts, folks. <laughs> There's still a lot of U.S. politicians. Who's the guy up in Alaska that um, that said he still thinks it's the he's calling it the beer virus and it's overblown and. I mean, they just have to wait a week and those people will shut up. I guess it'll be clear. So to summarize, we are a bit pessimistic about this situation in general, but that doesn't mean that we have to be down about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or are you feeling down with your pessimism? No, I'm not, I'm not down, no. Okay. Just it's like just like how gear up. big is this problem really going to be? And now it feels like it's going to be. It's going to be very big, which is why bigger. like we got to like rise to the challenge, I think. Yeah. I don't when we're we're rising to the challenges sitting at home. Yeah. So mentally preparing for how long mentally we have preparing. to mentally preparing for how long we're going to have to endure this is the Yes. Yeah. That's true. Being real. Okay, and then the note we're going to end on is our nurse is walking in, so just in time, is that um, Dr. Teresa Tam today said, we don't just need to flatten the curve, we need to plank it. And uh, and it's trending number one on Twitter tonight, so people have really taken to that. It's being memed. People like her. She's doing a good job. We're not going to flatten the curve. We're going to plank it. Good note to end on. Mm -hmm. Good night. Good night.